Welcome to 20th Century Boy. My name is Radio Mike. This is the inside of my mind. Hey guys, how's it going? This is me, Radio Mike, the guy from the podcast that you're listening to right now. Um, I hope all of you are going really well. I'm going well and uh, I wanted to raise something. There is something that I completely neglected to mention in the past few weeks. That is a milestone of this podcast that happened a few weeks ago that I totally overlooked and forgot about, but thought this might be a really good time to bring it up. Uh, We have now hit, we hit a few weeks ago, 50 episodes of this podcast, 20th Century Boy. Uh, And actually 52 episodes. This is episode 53, I think. Last week was 52. And there's 52 weeks in a year, which means in, in a weird sort of technical way, This podcast has now officially run for a year. Like you could listen to one episode a week and it'd take you through an entire year. Um, And that's awesome. And this podcast has been such a ride and I'm very glad that a lot of people seem to be enjoying this podcast and getting a lot out of this podcast, uh, whether that's just a laugh or killing some time or getting some insight to life and the universe and everything in between. Uh, I really appreciate that. And it's been a crazy whirlwind 53 weeks. So I just wanted to take some time out at the top of this episode to thank everyone and celebrate the journey that we, the radio family, which is the cohort of listeners that listen to this podcast, have embarked on in the past year and a bit. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. And it's funny that I missed the 50th episode. Well, what happened was like last year, up until like episode 30 of the show, I was just celebrating a milestone every five episodes. And then I think in episode 30, I was like, okay, we can't keep doing a a milestone every five episodes. Like, oh, five episodes. Ooh, 10 episodes. Wow. 15 episodes, 20 episodes, 30 episodes. And I said, the next milestone we'll celebrate is 50. And then episode 50 was the second episode of the year. And I was like, well, I kind of come off like a three month break of doing the podcast and then celebrate. Well, 50 episodes. So I'm just doing that now. Thank you so much for being here. Obviously the episodes so far in 2020 have been like in a a bit of a different style to last year, a bit more laid back, a bit more stripped down. Uh, and that's because every week I'm still narrowing down how content is going to look for me in 2020. Obviously, I want to keep making stuff. I love making stuff. But uh, what I want 20th Century Boy to be, and it, like people seem to be enjoying it, but what I want this to be is sort of more focused on me and what I'm doing. Realizing now that sounds quite arrogant, but I guess what I'm saying is I want this to be more of a personal podcast uh, with a few more personal stories about my life and like just recapping what I've done in work and life and everything in between uh, that week of that episode. I guess the original idea for this podcast was to be a bit more self-introspective as well. So hopefully there'll be a few more personal raves and stuff, which I have been doing And I'm not sure if you guys have seen, but if you're on Instagram with me, radio.mic, I have been doing clips. Uh, They're just sort of one minute, dare I say it, like little ads for the podcast or 
creative promotions for the podcast, but they're basically just like one minute video sort of snaps of content from the show uh, that are kind of like edited with a few flashy effects and they're just like little nice ways to draw people in. I have been filming the whole show, but um, I don't know if people would want to watch a video of me just sitting on this couch for 45 minutes every week. So I don't know. Let me know what you think about that. Um, and those little, those little clips are going up on my YouTube and there's a playlist as well. So share them around. If there's someone that you think might like the podcast, just send them that playlist of clips and they can watch them and make their mind up for themselves. But people seem to be enjoying them and I'm glad about that. Um, I'd love for you to share the show, get the word out there for the show, get people seeing content from the show. Um, while I think about all the other stuff that I'm trying to make at the moment, which there's a lot of. Last year on the show, and please don't think I've forgotten this, there was a fan fiction that I was reading uh, once a week, sometimes once every two weeks, sometimes once every three weeks because I'd forget or run out of time. And that was Harry Potter and the Boys. And as I said in a previous episode this year, slowly and surely, definitely surely, also definitely slowly, I am getting to Harry Potter and the Boys being its own individual podcast where I'll record all of it and then you can just binge listen to like essentially the whole book. And I was thinking, and I guess they'll just be shorter episodes because it only takes like, it'll probably only take like 10 minutes or even less to read a chapter. So I guess I'll just do some discussion and recap before and after maybe something like that. But again, like it is a slow process and the reason for that is it's just a matter of me balancing work so I can make an income and pay for all my stuff like electricity, gas, my phone, internet, and all the costs I have hosting this podcast. Like I have to work my normal job, my real job to do that. And in the free time from my day job, which isn't that different to this, I'm just doing it for other people. Uh, I do this stuff, which is good. And I feel like I've got a good perspective of things of the moment, uh, which is great. But yeah, slowly but surely you will get to hear the end and the whole thing of Harry Potter and the Boys. We still had probably like 10 chapters or more to go. Um, so it'd just be me reading the chapters of the book and commenting on it like I did last year. Then we can start book two, which is also from 2007 because I wrote seven books, which is pretty crazy, but... You know, that's just the uh, the mind of a 13 slash 12 year old boy who likes writing Harry Potter fan fiction. He writes an entire series. Uh, please don't think that that means the end of pop culture discussion on this show. That is still a main part of the show. And I believe when I conceptualized this show, the mission statement of it was that 20th Century Boy was supposed to be an exploration of my own experience and mental health by examining the popular culture that I'd been obsessed with my whole life. Sometimes strays from that, but I guess that's the overall mission statement of this podcast, exploring myself, basically. So I have been talking for the past few weeks about some secret projects that I've been working on that may be released soon, or one in particular will be released hopefully soon. Uh, that one is a podcast with a friend of mine, more probably suited to like the geeky kind of gamer listeners of this podcast, where we'll probably be doing more technical and introspective discussion on games and music and that kind of thing, uh, which I have done on this, but I like, it'll be a bit more conversational, uh, a bit more intelligent, but still pretty casual and, and still hopefully some comedy in it. We've recorded a couple episodes. We're just trying to figure out how to get it out and where to put it and how to, how to get people to hear it. 
Hopefully I can give you some more info on that soon. And if that sounds exciting to you, please let me know. I'd love to know that there is an audience for this thing. But I think the idea we're going for is that we're two guys in our 20s who are both working most days who grew up loving games and pop culture and stuff, but we just don't have that much time to do them anymore, but we still want to talk about them. Uh, And we just always talked about this stuff off air. So we decided to turn it into a podcast and do it on air. Um, So yeah, just pushing out as much as possible. Um, Always a balancing act between my real job and my fake job because I have to get money, um, which is hard to come by. So feel free to donate to this show anytime if you want. It's paypal.com slash radio mic. I don't even want to say that that's it because it could be wrong. I think it's paypal.com slash radio mic. I could be wrong. Could be completely wrong. Absolutely wrong. Send money to that if you want. I'll let you know if I get it. But it's up to you. Can't guarantee it'll get to me. I was thinking about maybe starting a Patreon, um, but I'm not sure. I'm like, maybe that, it just seems like that'll take a lot of time, but I'm thinking about maybe doing that. Uh, I've had a really good week. My week's been really good and I hope yours has been good. Again, just smashing out heaps of work stuff, uh, going out, meeting people, seeing friends, doing activities, doing escape rooms, other hobbies and activities that Mikey likes. Um, I guess the main thing that I did this week that I wanted to talk about is my appearance as not just a guest, but as guest co-host on the Luke and Lewis podcast, which was really fun and I really enjoyed it. Uh, And lots of feedback coming through from that, which I've been really happy to receive. So thanks to everyone who's given me feedback. Obviously, I filled in for Luke. Well, actually, it's not that obvious if you didn't see it or you don't listen to that show. But I filled in for Luke Kidgel, good mate of mine. He's in Brisbane. He's doing some shows. So they needed someone to fill in for the day. They do two episodes a week. So I got the call up, which was great. Uh, lots of fun. Radio Kingdom Lazar. Welcome to the radio family, Radio Kingdom Lazar. He said, hey, Mike, just listen to the latest Luke and Lewis episode. And I got to say you were brilliant on it. Thank you so much. That's very kind of you. I don't know if it was because you were a co-host and not just a guest, but you seemed more confident and relaxed than previous episodes. And it really worked for you. Great job, man. Thank you so much, man. And I have been feeling, I have been feeling more confident than normal recently, which I think is great. Uh, Like I said last week, I'm in a very good spot in my life. That's very nice of you to say all that. Uh, I had a really good time going into Lewis's shoddy warehouse in the middle of like, um, I can't say where it is, in the middle of a suburb very far away from me. It was like an hour drive. Uh, Really crazy stories that I told on that podcast that I don't usually tell on this podcast, uh, but I do want to start doing more personal and like embarrassing stuff that I do because I do a lot of it. Uh, I talk about the toilet paper crisis to do with coronavirus that is currently plaguing Melbourne. I'll throw a little bit of audio from that here. Have you been caught up in the toilet paper paper scan scandal of 2020? Uh, yes, I have. Yeah. I went to the to- I went to the the supermarket to mm. get some, uh, and the all of the shelves were empty. Totally sold out. Not only was all of the toilet paper gone, 
but all of the like party napkins were gone. Yeah. Like the regular napkins were done. Even the fucking six dollar Spider Man napkins were gone. <laughs> yeah. So somewhere, some poor old woman who couldn't get to the shops like at early in the morning to fight with strangers is wiping her ass with Spider Man. Mm. And that's sad. It is very but sad. But also very funny. And that actually led to a discussion about bidets, which are those water jet uh, things on toilets that clean your bum. And bidets are very, very big in Japan. And if anyone knows me or has listened to this podcast, uh, I always talk about how I've been to Japan because I've been three times and it's the only place I've traveled to. Uh, whatever, I don't care. But I am realizing that I really need to travel more because all of my travel stories are literally just me saying, so when I was in Japan and it's starting to get a little bit embarrassing, even though Japan's awesome, I need to go somewhere else next time. And I am trying to plan something else. I did say last year in one of the earliest episodes, in fact, maybe episode one of this podcast that I want to do a whole episode about things and stories that I, that happened to me in Japan. Uh, I did tell this story on Luke and Lewis about going to a Japanese onsen and Basically, I barely even want to repeat it because, like, being around Lewis Spears is like he brings out the worst in everyone. Like, he's such a flippant and chilled guy who'll grill you on anything and he'll get the best stories out. Like, he brings out the 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 best of the worst, the best of the worst stories that you didn't particularly want to tell that he ends up making you tell, essentially. So I did want to tell this story. Um, and I told it on the show, basically I went to an onsen in Japan and I sat on one of the jets, which are really powerful in the spa and it just shot up my bum, water all up my bum. And then I basically just pooed out water. Uh, this is already really gross and not suited for this podcast and I hate it, but I just told it. Ah, and, uh, yeah, go listen to it. I'll cut some audio from that story here because why not? Did I tell the story on the radio show about when I went to the onsen in Japan and put my bum hole on one of the jets and then I shat water? <laughs> <laughs> well, you have now. <laughs> like, I just You've definitely like, told me this. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was just sitting in an onsen totally An naked, onsen's a big spa full of naked, naked Japanese men. Yeah, and yeah, then... So you were there every day. Powerful. <laughs> I was there once to <laughs> yeah. try it. Yeah, what do you think? jet, just sat in front of a jet, water <laughs> shooting up my butt. And I'm like, oh. Did you sit on one by accident? By accident, yeah. yeah okay. And then I got out. Because there's no bodies. You're completely naked. Completely naked. Yeah. Got out, suddenly felt really queasy in the stomach, went to the toilet. How? Hang on. How long were you sitting on this for? Like, they're so powerful. Yeah. Like. How long? 10 seconds. <laughs> Dude, way too long. 10 seconds. Oh, mate, I don't One know. One six of a minute sitting on a fucking jet. I just was like, oh, this is a weird sensation. Bro. And I didn't know it was going up into my intestines, which it was. Of course it is. Where yeah. else is it going to go? I, don't know. I didn't know. That's what comes worked. out. Yeah, I don't know. 10 seconds, you're sitting on the fucking jet. Highly recommend checking that podcast episode out. There's also a great, great story. And sorry to just talk about that podcast, because if you've heard it, might be repeating information, but I think it's so good, it's worth telling again. Keelan, who is uh, sort of like what I used to be on their show, he's like the third voice and he and he edits the podcast and stuff like that. Keelan is recently single and he's been cheekily texting this girl uh, and it turns out that it's a girl that I went on a date with last year and he's just texting her 
D's nuts jokes because he's obsessed with D's nuts jokes, uh, which is like, hey, have you met Phil? Who's Phil? Phil D's nuts. And they're just like the worst jokes ever. I hate them. Keelan loves them. And uh, he just keeps texting this girl for whatever reason she's replying to all of them. Uh, and yeah, we found out it's a girl I went on a date with last year. There's some funny stuff about that. I'll cut some audio from that as well. Someone rang me, it was like midnight. I was in bed and I picked it up and he's like, hey man, how do you get dates on Tinder? No, 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 no. This was hours after being broken up with and I was drunk. So within hours of getting broken up with you, are like, that's it. Tinder, Hinge, Bumble. Who's the girl you're texting at the moment? Okay, this is great. This is great. Did she reply? What did she say? Oh, she said, um, we might have to cut this. First, you're still Radio Mike's job and now you're trying to steal his girl. Can we keep that in? <laughs> so Radio Mike's been on a date Did with this girl. <laughs> a couple days later, I go, unfortunately, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to have to take back my offer of coffee or a bucket of KFC <laughs> because I got Ligma. <laughs> oh, what's come on, Ligma? Dude. <laughs> she said, huh? what's Ligma? Ligma nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Really fun stuff. And I had a great time on that show. I, I love working with those guys because their show is so funny. And I hope I can do some more content with them, them this year. Um, and if you just want a chill comedy podcast with like storylines and running gags, you can get into. Uh, it's really, really good. It reminds, it does remind me of the old school Hamish and Andy podcasts when they were on radio where there were just so many in jokes, memes of the show, things that people just got around. It's, it's a lot like that. So I did want to tell one more story about something that happened to me in an onsen. Uh, If you don't know, an onsen is basically like a public bath that people literally go to bathe in, like to wash. Um, It's a spa with jets and warm water and people go with their families and stuff in Japan. And the thing about them is it's totally naked, like a public naked thing. Very rare in Australia. And I went with one of my friends, a girl, who is who lives in Japan? She's Australian, um, but they're gendered, so you're not go, like you go into the male onsen if you're a man, female onsen in, if you're a girl. It's not just like naked dudes and naked girls everywhere. And I went into this onsen and I didn't know what to expect. I was very nervous, very self conscious about my body, and you f- you do feel weird. You go into this like change room where there's like naked Japanese dudes of all ages, ranging from like. 18 to 80. They're all just stripping off. It's so normal to them. I'm the only white guy there. Only white guy, only Westerner. And it's weird, but I do recommend you do one if you ever go to Japan because they're really interesting and the the potential for new experiences is crazy. Um, So you just rip off your clothes and get naked and you're just walking around totally naked. And before you get into the spa, they have these showers that you have to wash yourself off with and like you shampoo your hair, you soap your whole body. So, cause you're supposed to be clean before you get into the spa because the spas, are, the spas aren't, the spas are supposed to be like a social experience in a way. They're not like, like you wash before. So you're not bringing dirt into the spa basically. And you go in and you just sit in the hot, warm water and it's really nice. There's also a sauna. You walk in to like this small sauna with like, 15 naked Japanese dudes and you just sit there surrounded by these naked Japanese dudes in a sauna. Very weird experience if I'm being perfectly honest. 
And that was the first one I did and I didn't mind it. Um, and you might be like, Mike, why would you go back again? It seems so like, it does seem like something you'd only do once, but it was my second last day in the country. And I had a lot of time to kill that day because I didn't plan anything. I was like, oh, I didn't mind that onsen experience. I'd happily go again. I should find another one and go. So I ended up going to this, finding this other onsen in Tokyo it was much smaller than the first one I went to. And it, it, I went probably at like three in the afternoon as opposed to like 8 p.m. at night that I went to the other one. Um, and the other one was like, you know, peak time, very big, very busy. The 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 second one was very small, maybe three or four small spas. The first one like was like pool size spas, like 25 meter long spas with jets everywhere. And... So I'm in this this smaller one. I'm just chilling in the spa. There's probably like a couple of old Japanese dudes there. No young people. Probably all of these guys are in the range of like 60 to 80 year, years old. And I'm just chilling, minding my own business, sitting down at the edge of the spa, sort of like sitting on one of the steps that, that like you use to get out of the spa, like they have in pools. Suddenly this old Japanese dude who's on the other side of the spa, he stands up right? He stands up and instantly I am beyond stunned. I'm, I'm taken aback. He's probably about 80 years old. He's very, very old, frail, lanky looking dude. And like, I'm just going to put it out there and be blunt. He had the dangliest ball sack I have ever seen in my entire life. I'm not even making this up. He had the dangliest ball sack I have ever seen. It's so dangly. He starts walking to get out of the spa and it's dangling from side to side, just like dong, 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 literally like that. Like it actually reminded me of the pendulum of a grandfather clock, just dong, 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 side to side, swinging, letting gravity do its job just absolutely swinging in the wind as he walked. And I was honestly, this sounds weird, but I was mesmerized, mesmerized by this dangly ball sack. And I reckon it was like 20 centimeters long. I genuinely think it was about 20 centimeters long. One of the most dangly, dangly scrotums I've ever seen in my life. Quite a spectacle, honestly. That's when I thought, when this was coming towards me, I I just thought, Wow. Like he's walking towards the stairs, coming closer and closer to me. Dong, 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 this ball sack. And I just thought, wow, what a surreal experience. What an absolutely surreal experience of another culture. Insane. Crazy. So that's something that happened. I'll never forget the dangliness of that man's ball sack. It's not often you see another man's ball sack. Um... I'll never forget his came so close to me. And that's the kind of thing you experience in a Japanese onsen. I do recommend you try it though. It's a very relaxing experience. Very, very fun. Last week on the pod, I was talking about how I went to an arcade and I was actually chatting about how when you go to an arcade, you get tickets out of the machine when you beat the games and you get like, say you get like 30 tickets, for example. You take the tickets at the end to the gift shop and you exchange the tickets for prizes like anything from like Mentos to slime to like a Darth Vader mask, you know, tiers of prizes. And I was asking on the podcast, 
what is the exchange rate for one ticket, one ticket to one Australian dollar? What is the exchange rate? Um, because it's so clear to me that you're being ripped off. You you pay $2 a game and you end up with about 30 to 50 tickets, depending on how you go. Um, and I actually thank you to the radio family, the experts in the radio family, because radio, she kills me deeply. Welcome to the radio family. She sent me, she or he sent me a message. She or he goes, I used to work at the arcade at Kingpin Bowling. And I can confirm that and get this. Get, get this. It's one ticket to one cent at most places. One cent per ticket. Just thinking about that. You pay two t- $2 for a game, you'll win about 50 tickets, right? You're paying $2 for 50 cents. You're paying $2 to lose $1.50, he says, where I worked, you would on average get 30 tickets for every dollar. So that makes sense. Like $2 you get, yeah, thir- maybe 30 to 60 tickets, right? Then he says, prize markups can be anywhere from 50 to 70%. Look how much of a scam that is. They're marking up the prices 50 to 70%, right? So the exchange rate is already fucking you. And then they up the exchange, then they up the markup on the prizes. They make so much money off all the prizes. And he says a Nintendo Switch at the arcade he worked at was going for the ticket equivalent of $850. It's pretty much like a casino. Like you can't win and the entire system is designed to fuck you so you lose money. They're, they're pretty much rigged. Like you can buy a Nintendo Switch retail for like $300. This place, you can exchange tickets for one for $850. But I guess it is kind of different because theoretically, you can be really good at arcade games. Like some people are really, really good at arcade games and probably would get more tickets. For example, and I hate to bring it up again, but in Japan, the Japanese kids, they're very, very good at arcade games. However, they don't have a ticket system there. They just play the games for fun. And that's how the Western world fucks you. $850 for a Nintendo Switch that really puts in perspective how much you're being fucked. If anyone can be bothered doing the maths on how many tickets, how, well, $850, how many tickets that would be? Because I can't be fucked doing the maths at the moment. Like I imagine, like I'd imagine it's just a matter of adding a few zeros on how much you'd, like how much you would spend in a game to end up on average with $850 dollars worth of tickets i don't even want to go to an arcade anymore because i know i'm just going to get ripped off but the games are fun and that's how they draw you in the games are fun you pay two dollars for a game which is like i guess you're paying more for the experience of the game and in some way i guess it's not a scam because you're kind of getting money back like for the games but there's so much markup like it is a scam it's definitely a scam i need to talk about how this week i had a massive health scare For 24 hours, I thought I was almost certainly going to die soon. Obviously, that's not good, but I started planning things. I started planning my funeral, and I'm not making light of this, but the reason that I thought this, not making light of it, but it was because I found a lump under my nipple. And obviously, breast cancer in men is quite rare. Like, you're more likely to get testicular cancer or prostate cancer, 
breast cancer is obviously more common in women. But my thought was because of how my brain works, because of how my brain is wired often to work against me, I thought, well, of course the statistical anomaly is going to happen to you. Of course you'd get this. And I started feeling this lump and in the past I would have ignored it, totally ignored it, totally ignored the fact that there was a lump under my nipple. But I was like, no, I'm booking an appointment. I'm going to the doctors tomorrow. And what I found about GPs and doctors is like, obviously to become a doctor, you have to like generally be a very smart person. Like there's no doubt about that. You generally do have to be a smart person. However, some doctors are just really bad communicators. Like they just don't have that skill of communicating. So I'm in the doctor's room and I'm, and he's like, oh, what, what can I do for you? And I'm like, look, I just uh, found this lump under my nipple and I wanted to get it checked out, like just in case it's something nasty. He's, and he's like, oh, all right, yeah, we should check that out. Lie down, get the shirt off, I'll, I'll, I'll check it out. So he starts touching my, touching my nipple, looking at this thing, and he's just like, ooh, it's, uh, it's, it's pea-sized, isn't it? And I was like, yeah. And I'm freaking out. I'm like, what the hell? This is so weird. He's like, all right. And then he just lifts my arms up, starts touching under my, under my armpits, and he's like, and, and I didn't know why. I found out later by Googling that it was because, like, your lymph nodes swell up if it's a cancerous thing. So he's looking at that. And I mean it when I say that this doctor did nothing to even remotely ease the discomfort I was feeling. Like, he's just like, you know, he's like, all right, we'll jump off, get the shirt back on. So I get off, I put the shirt back on, I sit down, he's like... Yeah, well, hopefully it's just a bit of breast tissue that's raised a bit, like like as if the breast tissue's just stiffened, because like that's a good thing. And I was like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "Yeah, well, I hope that's what it is." And I was like, "What? Are you, you're the doctor. I'm the one that's hoping that's what it is. You're supposed to tell me what it is." And he's like, "Yeah, I mean, you probably want to get checked in for an ultrasound." And I was just like, "Okay." He's like, "We'll go to this place and get an ultrasound." And I was like, "All right." So. I walk out completely still totally, totally scared. And like, I'm like, what the hell? Why did he like, I know it's just so weird. I make an appointment to this ultrasound place the next day and I go in and, you know, I park my car and I walk up to the place at the hospital and I'm just sitting in the waiting room going like, well, I could get life changing news today. Like I could get news today that changes my life and uh, I was really freaking out and I got in and the radiologist was like pretty much the exact same as the GP. Like she's just like, all right, well, uh, yeah, get the shirt off, jump up here and uh, we'll start the ultrasound. I'm like, okay. And like when you get an ultrasound, I thought it was just when girls are like pregnant so you can see the baby, but it's for like seeing through skin basically and they put this hot gel on you and so she puts this hot gel on my nipple and she's taking screenshots of the ultrasounds and using like little notes with shorthand uh notes and it's like you know she takes a screenshot and she's like you know LAD041 and I'm like why is she using a code because I can see it and it's like if it was nothing she'd just write nothing wrong but it's, she's writing these codes, which must mean there's something wrong. And I'm like, oh my God, my heart is pounding. And she's trying to make small talk with me. 
She's like, so what do you do? And I'm like, uh, I'm just in radio and podcasts and stuff. And yeah, she's just like making small talk. And then she's like finishes and she's like, all right, we'll jump up, wipe the gel off and pop your shirt back on. Uh, I'm going to jump out and have a chat with the doctor just to figure out what we're doing here. And I was like, oh my God, panic mode again. I was like, if there's nothing wrong, she would have just said that. And I would have been on my way. And I'm sitting in the waiting room, like, no, like the patient room where I had the ultrasound for like 15 minutes. I'm just trying to make sense of these ultrasound images on the screen in front of me. And yeah, 15 minutes. I'm like, oh no, they're having this big discussion and they're going to tell me how bad it is. And they're tossing up who has to break the news to me that I've got like two weeks to live. And I'm freaking out and I'm not making light of this situation because like, I guess you can tell that like at the end of this, nothing was wrong, but some people do genuinely go through this. And I emphasize with that because I felt so scared in the moment of the uncertainty of it all. And after 15 minutes, she comes back and she's like, oh yeah, like it's just like a benign growth. And it's like, it's full of like liquid, which is a good thing. Cause if it was like a cancerous growth, it'd be like, not that. So it was all good apparently. And I walk out and I'm just like, wow. Wow, what a strange, strange 24 hours. That was really good news and I was really happy, but I think I walked out of the hospital and it was like also surreal what had happened. So I put my headphones on and I'm playing some music and I just start walking towards my car and I, I, had, I had parked my car really far away. And I think I was just so confused by like the bizarre nature of like everything that had happened that I was just like walking up this street for 40 minutes or so. And I kept thinking like, well, you parked really far away. So you probably should be walking for this long because you did park really far away. Then I was like, I don't think I parked my car this far away. And I walked all the way back to where I started and I couldn't see my car. And then I was just like, and again, this is how my brain works. Just the cycling of panic, panic over and over again. And I'm just like, oh my God, somebody's stolen my car. And it all makes sense. I'm like, of course, I get the best news. I get the best news of my life. Totally healthy. And someone steals my car. I freak out. Panic stations. I call my mum. like, mum, you got to get down here. My car's been stolen. And my mum's like, are you sure you parked on the street you're on? And I'm like, mum, I definitely parked on this street. I'm freaking the fuck out. Absolutely freaking out. I then go again up and down the street, end up back where I started. And then I look and I realize in this panic state that the street I was on was in fact not the street I parked the car on, but a street that looked very similar to the street that I parked the car on. I then walked up the other street. So I follow this other street up that is probably the actual street that I parked my car on and I walk for about seven minutes and surely enough, I find my car. I guess the lesson of this story is that if you ever feel like your car has been stolen, there's a good chance you're actually just an idiot like me. So I guess the next time I can't find my car... I will not assume immediately that it's been stolen. I will just assume that I'm an idiot and I lost it. Also over the weekend, it was a long weekend here in Melbourne and I ended up going to a friend's housewarming. 
one of my one of my old mates who went to my primary school. I went to his housewarming, and I suck. I hate parties. I suck at parties. I suck at social situations. I excel in a one-on-one. I am at my best in a one-on-one situation because I can hold conversation really well. I hate the pressure of talking to people at a party. I get extreme social anxiety. And usually my go-to is just like, show up, you know, say hi, show them that you care because you showed up. Spend most of the party alone somewhere in a corner looking at your phone and then kind of after an hour look at your watch and be like, mate, I'm going to head off. Thank you so much for having me. However, this weekend I tried to fight that social anxiety. I tried to fight that feeling that uh, I need to, uh, that I was bad at talking and no one wants to talk to you. And I tried to just be like, don't look at your phone, have conversations with people. They want to talk to you. You don't have to go into panic mode. You don't have to get anxious. Just talk to people. And I ended up having a really good time and I was talking to a bunch of people. I don't drink that much, but I had a couple of beers just because I guess I, you know, just as a social lubricant, I felt like I did really well and I was happy with myself. I was drinking beer out of a can and I was, you know, talking to a few people and other people were coming and going as, as happens at parties, that kind of vibe. Uh, I'm drinking my beer and it tastes like normal beer. And then suddenly after maybe five minutes later, my beer starts to taste a little bit ashy and I'm starting to get confused. However, beer tends to taste different all the time. I'm not a beer person. So I'm just like, I guess this is just like an ashy kind of beer, even though ash isn't really a flavor. After a while, the ash taste in the beer just keeps getting stronger and stronger. So I assume, hang on a second, I really don't think that this beer is supposed to taste so strongly of ash. So I look into the little hole of the can and I believe I spy a cigarette butt inside my beer. Someone at the party has put their dirty cigarette butt into my beer, assuming that the can of beer next to me was in fact an empty beer can when it was not. That night, I drank a cigarette. Never smoked one. Never smoked a cigarette. However, I have drunk one and it doesn't taste very good. When I looked around at the people who were actually smoking at the party, I realized that it was one of two people and the only one of them that had been near my drink was my friend Tim and I confronted him about it. I said, did you put your empty, did you put your cigarette butt in my drink? And he was also very drunk. So he just started laughing and he was like, oh, sorry, man. Thought it was empty. There's one thing I didn't want to do at that party. It was drink a cigarette. Happy with the fact that I was able to have some good conversations with people. Unhappy with the fact that I drank a cigarette. You win some and you lose some, I guess, in this life. It's a really tricky one. On the pop culture front, last week I was talking about how I was like just sick of everything. Like I didn't want it. Nothing was appealing to me. 
I didn't want to listen to any music. I didn't want to listen to any podcasts, no TV series I was watching, hadn't seen any movies, wasn't playing any video games, was not engaging with the sphere of pop culture at all. So this past week I've tried to change that and I started watching this really good TV show, which is called Death Parade. And basically it's this show about how like when people die, they go to like this purgatory kind of place in which they're judged and they go to either heaven or hell. And the way that they judge them is by these, these spirits called arbiters who are like the judges and they're not human, but they look like humans, I guess, for the purpose of the, the show. And they judge them by pitting them against each other in like games, like just normal games like um, darts, pool, they play Twister in one, there's an arcade game in one, there's air hockey in one, and it's, but they all have a twist. It kind of reminds me of Saw, the movie series Saw, the horror series. Like Saw is like this movie series where this guy, Jigsaw, is capturing people who like take their lives for granted and make them make really difficult decisions or force them to make really difficult decisions to survive. Like, you know, you have to cut off your own foot because that's how you can get out of this chain or this lock kind of thing. That Those kinds of really fucked up um, uh, ultimatum kind of things. Like if you don't do this, this person will die. If you don't like cut something off your body, this person will die or cut your eye out because the key's behind your eye. Those kind of things that like really saw is really good the first saw is a great movie with an incredible twist um i've only seen like saw saw 2 saw 4 and then jigsaw they're all they're all really thrilling horror gory horror movies so if you're not into gore you probably won't like them lots of blood and stuff but it's more like the psychological aspect of the decisions the people have to make that uh i guess makes it really interesting to watch and the most recent one, which is called Jigsaw, is like the twist in that's great and I didn't see it coming. And that's a really, really good movie that I really liked. Um, so this show is kind of like Saw, but it's more like supernatural and magic kind of stuff. So like in the first episode, there's this husband and wife that have died and they come down to the purgatory and they get pitted against each other in a game of darts. So they have to like throw darts and the highest person who gets the most points wins and goes to heaven. Um, but they don't know exactly that. They think they're just playing darts, except every dart, every position on the dartboard is connected to one of their internal organs. So if you hit that, you hit that uh, thing, you get a sharp stabbing pain in that organ. So it's really fucked up. And then they're like, well, maybe we can just miss every shot and that way we don't get the stabs. But then they start, uh, also you, when you die, you lose all your memories. And as you play the game, the memories come back. So as the memories start coming back to each of them, they start remembering bad things that the other one did and then they start wanting to hurt the other one. They get into these big fights. It's really fucked. It's really like psychological horror thriller kind of show. And like there's one where these two guys, you find out that these two guys who are playing against each other are actually were directly involved in each other's murders and stuff like that. So it's really, it's pretty creepy um, and you just learn more about like how it all works and stuff. It's been a really good show. Yeah. They, they play Twister in one. Um, but like they, the, the terrain of the Twister mat changes every time. So they start getting, 
they start freezing their hands and stuff like that. It's just really fucked, but it's a really interesting watch. Um, so I've been really liking that and I recommend watching it. It's 12 episodes and I've got four episodes left. So there's that. And I've also been playing this video game, Luigi's Mansion 3, which is on Switch and it's with Luigi, the brother of Mario. And it's like, not like any game I've ever played, but I'm really liking it. It's also like a horror, in inverted commas, adventure game, as much as a, as a horror as like a Mario game can be. And you're Luigi and you go to this haunted mansion and you've got a vacuum cleaner, which is called the Poltergust 3000 or something. And you have to like suck up all the ghosts. It's like kind of Ghostbusters vibes. And it's just like, it's just like an exploration game. Like you explore this mansion and you solve puzzles and you fight the ghosts. And I don't know, it's really satisfying. Like it's a slow paced game. It's really different to any game I usually play, but I'm just really enjoying playing it every night. You go through every floor of the of the mansion has a different theme. Like one floor is like the um like the showroom, like like where all the music performances are done. So you're going through like the green rooms and the you fight the boss in the in the theater. And then there's like one floor is uh, like the mall, the mall of the mansion. So there's like the boss is like a security guard ghost. It's really cool. I've been really liking it, and I haven't played any of the others in the series, so. Yeah, I've been really enjoying that as well. And I'm really glad that my drought of pop culture is ending um, and I'm starting to watch a bunch more stuff. I Oh, I, and I one more thing I did, which is I watched this completely random movie, uh, this DreamWorks movie. If anyone's seen it, let me know. Because uh, you know how now that we're adults, well, I'm an adult, there's just all these kids' movies being churned out that you've never heard of never seen the trailers for, but apparently they happened and you totally missed them. Well, I started watching this movie uh, and we used to have a segment on this podcast last year, which we can definitely bring back, which was called Red Carpet Catastrophe, where you guys sent in, the idea was movies that were critically panned, so bad movies that you watched and really liked. Right, and I'm sure there's tons of animated ones. Last year we did Angry Birds, we did um, Movie 43, and then one other movie that I can't, I can barely remember because it was so bad. I think it was called Land of the Lost, and it might have had Will Ferrell in it, but I've just blocked. It. Maybe it didn't. It doesn't. I don't think Will Ferrell was in it actually. Maybe he was. I totally can't remember. Um, and then I'd watch them and talk about them. So send them in. We can definitely bring back Red Carpet Catastrophe. So I, I watched this movie, which isn't, I don't think it's a Red Carpet Catastrophe because I looked it up on Wikipedia and it got really good reviews, but I'd never heard of it. And it was called Abominable. And it's about, it's a DreamWorks movie set in China about this girl who like lives in like urban, you know, met, met metropolitan China in an apartment and she finds on the rooftop of the apartment the abominable snowman and she decides she needs to take it back to Mount Everest. So she she's taking this abominable snowman through on this adventure through China to get to Mount Everest and she basically is like the for, she plays the violin and music is this theme thing in the movie um and the abominable snowman, when the abominable snowman hums music, he can control nature. 
so we can change the weather and change the terrain and stuff. Really, really random thing. Uh, so he does that a lot. At one point in the movie, the song Fix You by Coldplay plays. Um, seemingly, like, not really... F- I don't know who's fixing who, but they sing and play violin to Fix You by Coldplay. And eventually she gets him back to Mount Everest and, like, learns that sh- she really cares about her family. I don't know. It was just such a weird movie. It was one of the weirdest movies I've ever seen, but it was like 11 p.m. on a weeknight and I just wanted to watch something and fall asleep. So I just wanted to watch something totally basic and it was really easy. Has anyone seen it? Such a weird movie. Anyway, I feel like that's sort of everything I've been doing for the last week. Uh, so go and check out all that stuff I've talked about and let me know uh, Let me know your thoughts on anything I've said at any point by hitting me up on the socials. Radio.Mike is my Instagram. It's Radio.Mike is my Twitter. Uh, RadioMikePod at gmail.com. That seems to be, the, the preferred method seems to be Instagram. We'll accept any of the other methods. Uh, there, oh, I didn't mention, I haven't mentioned this year, this year. There is a Facebook group for the podcast, facebook.com slash groups slash 20th Century Boy. And you can definitely check that out. There's a bunch of people in there. We have a good time. Post some funny jokes. And 1-800-GET-FUCKED. If you don't want to send a message in text and you want your voice on the podcast, call one 800 438-353 1-800-G-E-T-F-K-D 1-800-GET-FUCKED is the official phone number of the podcast. I'd love to hear from you there and include your voice on the show. Um, have a great week. Have a great weekend. Have a great time. Have a good night out. And all I want to say basically, I think that's pretty much all I have to say. Just uh, just digging through my mind for anything else that I need to plug or anything else I need to say. Um, no, we'll leave it there. My name's Radio Mike. This has been the inside of my mind. Catch you later. Bye-bye.